fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. After 11 years of hemorrhaging money, the museum, a 250,000 square foot temple dedicated to journalists by journalists, will be closing. Its last day is December the 31st, 2019. The amount of money that has been poured into this temple, $650 million, you know, to, to, in the effort to prop up this museum is finally collapsed. And I'm going to give you three guesses who the media is blaming for its collapse. This has been a terrible year for the mainstream media. It's been a terrible decade. They've been exposed. And we're going to talk about the stories that they got absolutely horribly wrong. My name is James T. Harris. Filling in for Glenn Beck, this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. I'm a radio talker out of Phoenix, Arizona. The name of my show is The Conservative Circus. I am the ringmaster, and the big top is News Talk 550 KFYI. We're on Monday through Friday, a 7, I'm sorry, 4 to 7. You can also follow me on Twitter at James T. Harris or find me on Facebook at James T. Harris Media. I don't like the media, but James T. Harris, you're in the media. Yes, yes, I am. But we have really seen how biased uh, the media has become over the last, I would say, like 10 years. There was that period where we believed everything we saw on the television. We, we, there, there were big three, and they all said the same thing, and they weren't to be questioned. One of the things that I actually loved about this museum in Washington, D.C., called the Newseum, is that you really did. You could follow that thing. You could go in there and you could uh, see the moments of your life. Because that's what the news media actually does. You can remember those big moments, the space shuttle blowing up. You can remember those huge moments, those turning points in history, as I used to call them. That's not what we're getting anymore. The turning points in history are debacles. And 2019 was full of them. Let's go back to last January. We've got the Covington Catholic kids. The media ripped apart a 16-year-old student seen in a video smirking at a Native American activist on the National Mall during a school trip. It was part of the March for Life. Oh, this young kid was marked. He was an American of European descent. He had on a Make America Great Again hat or other folks around him. And he was out in D.C. marching for life against abortion. Nick Sandman was his name. Junior at the school. And he was depicted as someone who harassed along with his peers. Members of the black Hebrew Israelites. Remember, they just got uh, in, in a big fat mess where it committed murder. Latest shooting. Not only was the media wrong about that, they continue to be wrong about that. You got Nick Sandman suing. I hope he wins. 
The media vilified Sandman. And uh, everybody was a part of it. Some of the people that we know and love just were all in on this kid. Then we have February. Juicy Smollett. <laughs> That's what Dave Chappelle calls him. Juicy Smollett. You know that French actor from the TV show Empire? Yes, his name, his name is uh, Juicy Smollett. And he was a guy who uh, uh, said that he got beat up in Chicago. In the middle of the night, it was like sub-zero weather, and they poured bleach on him and put a noose around his neck, and, and they were like Trump supporters, and they they yelled, you know, in Chicago, this is MAGA country, as they were running <laughs> And the media bought that hook, line, and sinker. We were getting lectured to about how uh, hard it is for black gay men in this country stop laughing my producer is in here laughing stop laughing it's a serious moment that's right until until the story started falling apart literally falling apart and then from that story we found out that juicy smollett had some very very powerful friends because they got all these charges dropped and we found out that they had close ties to the obama administration but people didn't want to talk about that very much they downplayed that very much it's a very bad look this episode illustrates the the, the double standard that's in our society it's okay to lie if it's in the name of left-wing social justice in march of last year how can we forget the Mueller report <laughs> this is this is perhaps one of the media the media's most magnificent mistakes of the year special counsel robert Mueller unveiled his findings from a two-year unlimited resource investigation completely exonerating the president of the united states in other words the report was a big fat nothing burger and it was pushed for years during the media every single night there was a new bombshell the investigation nothing and I believe uh, even though that was a huge, big bomb news event, uh, that is what that that's at the point in time when the Democrat Democrat Party started to go insane. They had put all of their marbles in that. Actually, I was about to mix metaphors. They put all of their eggs in that basket. I don't think you put marbles in baskets, do you? Maybe if you're a kid trying to get one put the other. But why would you even have that? But I digress. April, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. This was a story. This was hilarious because, you know, the president didn't show up. Why should he show up, you know, to get his assets kicked off and just get bandied around? As a matter of fact, I think it was at one of those correspondence dinners during the Obama administration that motivated President Trump to jump into the race. Oh, they ridiculed him. He got the last laugh. Uh, uh, this year at the nerd prom, all they could do was openly attack President Trump and they complained that he wasn't there to take it. <laughs> In May, 
You got Joe Biden, old creepy Uncle Joe. All of these videos come out, you know, of Joe nuzzling next to women and nuzzling little girls and sniffing them. <sighs> what was crazy is the media started making excuses for him. The media effectively killed the whole Me Too era by supporting Joe Biden in this moment. In this moment, that would have like it would have it would have taken most politicians out. This was the strongest chance uh, that the Democrats have to defeat uh, uh, President Trump. That's what was believed at the time. So they ran to protect creepy Uncle Joe, making May the month that the Me Too movement died. In June of of this year. We've got the media standing up for Antifa. It was the most amazing thing you've ever seen. You had Don Lemon on CNN explaining it, saying, you know, it's right there in the name, Antifa, which means anti-fascist is what they're fighting for. <laughs> Antifa that starts riots on college campuses. Antifa that keeps people from speaking was upheld by the media, was upheld by the news anchor over at CNN. This one escaped my attention. This was because in July, I was busy uh, watching my son get married to his beautiful bride. So the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, at, I missed that. But it, it, it turns out that um, while we were celebrating, most of us regular people were celebrating uh, one of humankind's, human civilization's greatest achievements, putting a man on the moon. The media condemned the event because it was mostly white male dominated. You see, there was no, uh, there was no diversity. You know, yeah, <laughs> it didn't look like Star Trek. You didn't have Sulu. You didn't have Lieutenant Uhura. You didn't have Spock or nothing like that. All you had was white men. White men put a man on the moon. And the media in this era has to castigate them. And I'm not done with this one because this one is just amazing to me. White people being racist against other white people is the end thing. In August, we saw Chris Cuomo. Go berserk after somebody called him Fredo. <laughs> they said that Fredo, the media, the Fredo is now the new N-word. The new N-word. Calling somebody of Italian descent Fredo is like calling, you know, me a ninja. There are a few more big events that took place over the media. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what they are. Because I have come to a conclusion that there is a solution to this media problem. My name is James T. Harris. I'm sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris. Sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Back program. We are looking back on 2019. We are looking back on the media's greatest disasters. And what I want to point out to you is how we, we should not be taking the media's word for anything because they lie. 
because they're not news, they're propaganda. Case in point. In September of 2019, we have the media making a puppet out of Greta Thunberg. Now, I, I, I'll tell you, when I first saw this story, I was like, wait, something's not right here. This is, this is, first of all, I got a real issue with the left using children. And they love to do it. They love to do it. I remember during the 2016 elections, we had, uh, we had commercials out there of little kids, little Hispanic kids cursing out the president, using the F word, throwing up the fingers and stuff. I'm like, what is this? Somehow President Trump is a racist, so it makes it okay for children to be disrespectful. I got a real problem with children walking out, you know, and protesting. I got a real huge problem with that. Maybe that's my father in me. Who, <laughs> skipping out of school. That's what it used to be called, skipping out of school. Now it's called, you know, protesting. We're protesting the climate catastrophe. So we get to walk out. And now you got, instead of trying to stop them, instead of barring the door, you've got teachers and you've got the parents walking out with the students. Greta Thunberg, 16-year-old climate activist on the autism spectrum. She kicked off this campaign to save the world uh, from uh, climate change. She sailed across the Atlantic. On a, on a, uh, I guess a, a sailboat that had, a it had solar panels. So they could watch TV and all that kind of stuff. But it was a sailboat. They call it a solar boat, even though it was the wind that was like <laughs> propelling it. <laughs> and she lectured the world and the United Nations of the imminent threat to humanity. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. Wow. Immediately, we started seeing memes pop up of, you know, real children in, uh, in terrible situations around the world. Talk about your stolen dreams. But this is what the left does. And it was, it was depressing for me to watch this little girl just get puppeted all around, across the stage. Putting her in front as if because she's a child, we're going to listen to her. The climate change experts in 2019 is a 16-year-old girl skipping out of school and a former bartender masquerading as a congresswoman, AOC. It's embarrassing. Embarrassing for the media. October, we've got the Washington Post. This was terrible. Glowing. They gave a glowing obituary for a former ISIS leader. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine him doing that for Osama bin Laden? No. But because that's because Obama, you know, went after Osama bin Laden. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, the New York Post, or I should say the Washington Post, I'm sorry, talking about uh, a, uh, a dangerous terrorist. They called him an austere religious leader, religious scholar. And even after they caught the mistake, I mean, how can you make that kind of mistake? How could you say something? How could you even go there? Well, it shows you their bias. It shows you their hatred for the president. 
in November, the one of the big scandals of just horrible the the media, ABC buried the Jeffrey Epstein story. The memes really popping up all over the place. The fact that people would end their interviews, you know, they could be talking about cupcakes and they would talk around and say, yo, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Force the media, you know, to uh, kind of reevaluate here. First of all, we had Epstein who killed himself mysteriously in jail. The cameras were turned off. The, uh, uh, the, uh, the guards, you know, they, they were sleeping on the job. It's just a coincidence, we were told. Nobody bought it. Nobody still buys it. As we're finding out more and more powerful people, we got the Prince Andrew, he's in trouble. The media is doing their damnedest to keep, uh, to keep Bill Clinton out of this. <laughs> he was on the Lolita Express how many times? How many times did he go to Pedophile Island? Hello? ABC buried the story. And when Project Veritas put it back out there and they had to, they had that ABC anchor who was frustrated because she had the story. She had all of it. That was all on Project Veritas. And then look what happened. The reporter, I think her name was Amy Robach, had to basically go and recant. She wanted to keep her job. She had to recant. Oh, there wasn't a mistake by y'all. She told the truth on when she was taped, when she was recorded. But when that, that when that uh, what, a whistleblower, <laughs> when a whistleblower put it out there, oh, she had to do a 180. She had to back down off of that. And it's amazing because that story, the Jeffrey Epstein story, is about powerful people being corrupt. It does have to do with sex slavery. It is involved with pedophilia. We're very powerful people, and the media spiked it. Just like the media spiked Juanita Broderick's story about how she was raped by then-Governor Clinton. Then we have the, the December one. The DOJ and the IG report blows up the Steele dossier. And the, for years, the media talked about how the, you know, the Steele dossier is true. It's real. This is the one where you accuse the president of urinating on a bed in, in, in Moscow to try to, to you know, shame Obama, whatever that mess was. It was all fake. It was all made up. What does this tell us? These stories, one per month, 2019. Tells us that the media has lost all of their credibility. We are not to listen to them again. We need to question every single thing that they put on the television. And we need to ask, why did they put it up there? That's the beginning. Cut the television set off. And begin to think for ourselves. My name is James T. Harris. Sitting in for Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You 
are listening to the Glenn Beck program. My name is James T. Harris. We're filling in. We covered a lot of ground on today's show so far. We talked about how this is the best uh, two decades of the 21st century. We talked about how the world has improved, how life has improved around the world, how our country is on fire, red hot fire with the economy, the jobs. We talked about still we're having to deal with the rise of socialism. One of my favorite topics is to beat up on the media. I know I'm part of the media. I'm talking about the <laughs> electronic media. I'm talking about television. I think that television is a scourge on our culture, a scourge, a world scourge. And I think that what we're seeing out of the media right now is the worst of it. Now, I just talked about the news. I didn't talk about what's happening on Netflix or what's coming out of Hollywood. But if you want to weigh in on any of those things, the way to, to reach me is to, to dial 888-727-BECK. And we have some callers who have been waiting to get on this. Let's talk to Darwin in Colorado. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Thanks, James. Uh, I look at it in one way. I grew up during the hippie era and... If you look at socialism, that's what they wanted back then. And the main thing is they want everybody to be the same, but they don't want to work for anything. And uh, Absolutely true. I, I mean, they want to redistribute the wealth. Yeah, exactly, but they don't want to do anything for it. It's kind of like the participation award. You know, everybody gets a participation award, but... You don't want to ever work harder to do anything. It takes away all motivation. I absolutely agree with you, Darwin. And uh, the last time I was filling in for, for Glenn Beck was over the Thanksgiving holiday. And we actually talked about how uh, the pilgrims had to deal with this. When they first came over, they were kind of with the commune lifestyle. They were talking about socialism, all for one and one for all. And it took a, a, a number of deaths for them to kind of rethink this whole thing. I think that Thanksgiving is a, a wonderful opportunity to to talk about how capitalism not only saved the colonists, but became the driving engine to this great country that we live in today. And you had some pilgrims who were trying to live off of other people as well, who were supposed to show up for work. Uh, they faked like they were sick or they didn't show up until they got their own plot, until they got their own business. And then they realized they, as much as they put in, they will get out. You're right. This whole, it was called the hippies in the 1960s, but this whole mindset, this ideology has been around for a very long time. Thank you very much for the call. Let's go to Ron in Pennsylvania. Ron, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Hey, glad to be here, James. Hey, my friend, I'm just one self-employed little guy out here, but when I voted for Trump, and he said, I want to drain the swamp. I was not under the illusion that he was just going to drain the swamp of the Democrats and liberals. I wholeheartedly expected him to do what he's doing. And that's drained that entire swamp of uselessness. When I pay my taxes and I, I talk to my other regular humans, I don't think one of those government officials knows what end of a broom to hold even if you hit them with it. They're utterly just embarrassing that I work as hard as I work and my friends work as hard as they work. And then we look at what they're doing. 
I'm like, dude, grow up. Get a real job and quit whining. I, James, thanks for your point about the McCain issue with the never Trumper. But everybody listening to my voice right now, they're listening, saying the exact same thing. Well, what do I get for my dollar? I, can yeah. you explain what I'm getting? Well, no, you you can't, especially if we're talking about government. And I don't want to break bad on government workers. Uh, as a matter of fact, during the Obama uh, era, you had parents encouraging their children, go into government. You're going to get paid more if you own a business. There's less risk. You get paid more money. You get more time off. It's sort of like a cottage industry to go into government work. But as things begin to reverse, Ron, you're seeing that with a strong economy, the people who do take risks, people who do uh, build their businesses up, they look at people who are basically doing very little and getting paid very lot, and it's because of government taxation, and they look on that with some disdain. And to your earlier point about this president draining the swamp and it not being all Democrat, it's being Democrat and Republican, I couldn't agree with you more. I remember looking at a Paul Ryan on 60 Minutes right after the president was elected. And I was excited because I'm like, now we've been fighting this, fighting for this for years. So now we're going to get McConnell and we're going to get, you know, uh, uh, Ryan and we're going to get together and we're going to move forward. How wrong was I? Then all of a sudden we get all of the retirements. Uh, of these Republicans that didn't want to work with the president because they, they probably thought that he had been colluding with the Russians. We, we get all of this noise, and then we begin to see, wow, a lot of these Republicans who are quitting are never Trumpers. They're part of the swamp. And so you are correct. When President Trump said he was going to drain the swamp, he was not being political. He was not being party affiliated. He was talking about draining the corruption uh, out of Washington, D.C. And corruption is both sides of the aisle in Washington, D.C. They come together as a team. And we thought it was just politicians. Oh, my goodness. See, Ron's got me going here. We thought it was just politicians. No, we've got never Trumper magazines that have that, you know, bit the dust. We've got institutions, you know, that feed off of the money of Washington, D.C., that are now in jeopardy. This this thing is a uh, well. What did uh, Glenn Beck said? It's like Hydra. It's got many heads, and President Trump is just lopping them off. <laughs> that's why we need to continue to pray for the president. Uh, that's why we need to continue to pray for this country. I don't think any of us knew how deep this went. But boy, oh boy, are we ever finding things out. The telephone number is 888-727-BECK if you want to weigh in on the conversation. One of the things that um, I'm uh, we talked about a little bit yesterday that kind of had me flummoxed was the fact that you have... Um, uh, this attack on Christianity. I'm sorry. You have the Christian Christian institution attacking the president. You got Christianity today saying, you know, this president needs to be impeached because he doesn't show any type of uh, morality. He doesn't have values. I saw something that really, really gave me pause yesterday. 
I talked about how we got a we got a Reverend Al Sharpton's. We got these race hustlers, these charlatans out there. They call themselves all holy. They never talk about the scripture unless they're trying to bastardize it and turn it upside down. And this is what I hate whenever Trumpers, you know, Republican establishment folks go after the president. It sort of like gives everybody else permission to pile on. And in all these lefty shows, you had the, the representatives from Christianity Today on, you know, the Christian Post on, talking about values versus politics. And then Reverend Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton started talking about evangelicals. What? We had uh, Mark Galley, the editor of Christianity Today on uh, Politics Nation last night, and he made it very clear this is not a political position. It's a moral one. And by raising it to that level and, and putting it in that perspective, he not only exposes the president, but he exposes a lot of the evangelical leaders saying, I support the president on his judicial nominees. I support the president on a lot of things, which I don't, but he does. He says, but you can't get away from his immorality. You can't get away from his divisiveness, his lying, his race baiting. He laid it out. And I, I think there's a scripture that said, what profits a man to gain the world and lose his own soul? He's actually challenging them that are you bargaining and selling your soul for some judicial appointments and some other things that the right wants. But you've given up the soul of the church. What do we stand for? The reverend here said he thinks. The reverend said, I, I, I think there's a scripture out there. What is the gain the world? Right. Oh, okay. You think that. Um, and, and then he starts, you know, turn it around and use this to bash evangelicals. See, and I think it's a devastating blow. This is a magazine, Mika, that was founded by Billy Graham. They have all mm. they also supported the uh, impeachment of Richard Nixon and Bill Clinton. So why all of a sudden is it so controversial with these leaders that they would come for the impeachment of Donald Trump when they did it to Bill Clinton? The evangelical leaders weren't insulted when they did it to Richard Nixon. They weren't. The, the reason they're so offended is it's exposing all of them that they would take this shameless con man shameless. over con the, man. Uh, the principles that they're preaching in the holy season as we celebrate Jesus. They would sell Jesus out if they sell thought they could get something from it is the inference he's saying from his editorial. And that's sad on many levels. Holy cow. I was just telling you yesterday how the left plays this. How in the world do you expect me to take any of this seriously when it's coming out of the mouth of Al Sharpton? Conman? You mean like Tawana Brawley? Conman? You mean like Freddie, Freddie's Fashion Mart? This is the guy who shakes down corporations. Conman? And why are they using Al Sharpton? Why does Al Sharpton have a job at MSNBC? Why was Al Sharpton one of the, uh, the, the Obama White Houses, like one of their captains when it came to civil rights? Why? No, this attack continues. But it is fraudulent. And I'll tell you why coming up next. My name is James T. Harris. Sitting in for Glenn Beck, this is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. My name is James T. Harris, and I just had a little bit of a rant. <laughs> talking about the Reverend Jesse Jackson, talking, saying that the President Trump is immoral, and now backing the play of Christianity today. And they talk about how he's immoral. But see, they talk about things that President Trump did 10 years ago, allegedly. And they want to talk about how oh, the, the evangelicals, they were against President uh, Clinton. Oh, yeah, see, he did that stuff in the White House. Remember that? The intern? Sorry. Uh, he perjured himself before a grand jury. President Trump didn't do those things. So here you have the, the, the media trying to, to flip the script and then they're using a true charlatan, jet, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Al Sharpton, as the foil. It just doesn't work, especially for those who else have been around and we can ask questions. Why Al Sharpton? Why does Al Sharpton even have a TV show? Telephone number is 888-727-BECK. We have Don in Missouri. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. How you doing, sir? It's an honor to speak with you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I wish I could hear you on national news. I've never heard you before, but uh, let me get to the point that I was getting to. Uh, when uh, Trump was running in 16, everybody knows that he started the fake news saying that they were fake news. And uh, I agreed with him, of course, that uh, mm -hmm. uh, I remember prior to that, other talk show hosts uh, for uh, about two years prior to Trump uh, running the race, uh, they were also saying that uh, the media was fake news. But I believe it started way back uh, about 20 years ago when Bush and Gore were running for president. I remember hearing a debate between the two, and I remember Wolf Blitzer was one of the news people that uh, analyzed what you just heard him say, mm -hmm. and what they just said, and what he said they just said was just the opposite of what I heard. So ah. I, I believe fake news started way back, uh, at least you know, Don, 2000. You're you're right. Do you remember, Don, during the uh, Mitt Romney-Obama uh, debate, uh, and I think it was Candy Crawley. Candy Crawley was the moderate. <laughs> and uh, Mitt Romney called uh, Obama something on it. It's sort of like you could tell that they laid a trap because uh, uh, Obama said, nope, that's not right, that's not right. And then Candy Crawley interjected herself into the debate, corrected Mitt Romney on his supposed mistake. It wasn't a mistake. And then you heard Obama say, check the transcript, check the transcript. And you had to sit back there as a viewer like, wait a minute, how does Obama know about a transcript? How does he, why is he telling uh, Candy Crawley to check it? Yeah, that kind of stuff was going on back in 2000 as well, and probably before that. It just got all exposed in the last election cycle. I tell you something else that's exposed, and we touch about the, we touched, touched on this yesterday, and that is this whole rise of racism. We've only got a little, a little over an hour to be with you on the Glenn Beck program, so I'm going to start out with the heavy stuff. And then we're going to get to the lighter stuff as we wind this thing down as this is the last Friday in 2019. Think about that. My name is James T. Harris. You can follow me on Twitter at James T. Harris. You can also follow me on Facebook 
at James T. Harris Media. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck.